0: The company discussed in this episode was a personal investment of the host, and no point to the host invests client accounts or advise clients to invest in this company. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In the Market Trenches. Glad to have you back. If this is your first time looking at us, uh, feel free to check us out at our blog at www.accredowealthpartners.com. We're available. Anywhere podcasts are available. You can check us out at inthemarkettrenches.podbean.com. You can also check us out at snn.network. You could also check us out on the SNN YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash SNN wire. Gary, good seeing you again. Good to see you too. How's everything going over there? Good. You've been busy
1: lately. been busy. I'm writing our client letter. It's hard to do it without uh, going into, you know, touching poli- touching on the election and not sounding like we have a view on something. and uh, Also, like some of the things that are going on and, and how we think they're going to unfold. It's hard to write it without sounding like I'm uh, you know, in the basement beneath a bare light bulb wearing a tinfoil hat. So (laughs) it's, I have a uh, feeling I'm going to have a lot of editing
0: we're going to need to do.
1: Yeah. You and Stevie are going to have a lot of editing to do. I think, uh, uh, you know, I've written some angry letters to the government in my day and it just feels a little, a little, a little like that. So, um, I I think you're going to have to get out the big, uh, Sort of the big the big uh sharpie to mark it up
0: <laughs> that's all good happy to do it look forward to reading it so for the name today uh you know the office episode where michael scott gets a, the vasectomy and he talks about so he snip <laughs> snap snip snap snip snap yeah this is what i kind of feel like yep. with this one so that's uh the dinner party little, right uh, that's the dinner party. The dinner and party And I had the vasectomy reversed. Do you so,
1: have any idea what four vasectomies will do to someone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where I stand after all this snippet and snapping. Uh, I think I think we're still in a pretty good spot with this name. Uh what are we talking about today? Well we still we still follow it.
1: Uh, so we're gonna talk about full house resorts. Which is a, a casino where, uh, based on the 1990s TV show, and uh, Bob Saget actually greets you when you enter. <laughs> is that, no, that true? Uh, there's no.
0: <laughs> no, no, hey, no. With, no, with, no with microcaps, uh, anything goes in microcap land. That's, maybe you knew something. I mean, we've didn't.
1: seen some crazy stuff for sure, but uh, it hasn't, It hasn't been that crazy. Although the CEO <laughs> of the company, he he he's, he sounds kind of like on the calls. He's 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 great to listen to. It's like the greatest show in quarterly calls. I always listen to it, even when I'm not involved, just because he's so entertaining. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dan Lee.
0: First yeah, when we first uncovered this one, I mean, that was a major attraction to this name, and now it kind of feels like Dan Lee is a, a bit of a celebrity uh, in the microcap space today. I don't, in, in a in a, way, in a way, right? I mean,
1: we we yeah. we um. We've been involved in this one multiple times, not presently involved, but uh, always reserve the right to change our mind and it's, I suppose it's possible we get involved again in the future because uh, it's one we, we like following because the guy running it is so entertaining and uh, um, you know, yeah. for a micro cap company, it seems like he's when you get some of these small companies a lot of times you get C and D and F level management teams and this guy's
0: yeah, he's, he's
1: a solid B plus or maybe even an A, I think, in terms of uh, just uh, what he's accomplished in the past. So we found this one, uh, I think there was a Vic write-up on it four or five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, you know, and, you know, as we mentioned, like, we, we said it before all of these, but like, all of these things that we're going through here, these are the sort of a moment in time where we were involved, we had some thoughts and opinions, those thoughts and opinions changed, and evolved over time, and. Like we mentioned before, this one we were kind of in and out of a few different times. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely created its fair share of opportunities and, and risks over the years. And I'm not, I'm not sure if we've... Uh, I'm still not sure if I tallied up all the times being in and out of it what the net result is. But definitely been an entertaining <laughs> ride.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when did we originally come across this one? This was... Uh, 2000. I was looking through my. So I woke up at like 4:30 this morning, and I started scanning my inbox for for the original write up. And I think it was 2014 is when uh, when we started talking about this.
1: Yeah, that that sounds about right. And um, you know, we got and we looked at this, and somebody did a really nice uh, write up on Vic, and it wasn't too hard for us to sort of look at it and go, huh. Well, there's clearly an oppor- There's clearly an opportunity here. This is a company that had like a long history one point in time Lee Iacocca was involved or whatever and um there was a family that started it and then there was a you know uh the kid got involved and uh I think that there was a lot of mismanagement over the years and ultimately I, this thing was probably on the brink of, of filing in a, a, a chapter 11 I, I think would be my guess yep. when the uh, when these activists got involved and uh they put this guy, uh, the, the new CEO in charge, uh, guy, CEO's guy named Dan Lee. He was uh, previously uh, Steve Wynn's CFO at Wynn Resorts um, and also is the CEO, CFO, CEO of Pinnacle, which was a, a success story in the gaming industry. And so the Full House Resorts, is a, you know, the, the time we got involved, they owned four casinos, was it? They came yeah, to own a fifth yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was in really rough shape um, because – the expansion of gaming sort of really hurt that the business for that particular casino. And they had one that was pretty, it it was a decent prop. It was a decent, to pretty good property down in Mississippi. And then they had two in Nevada, right? Am I missing one? They had one in Reno Uh, and one in Tahoe, right? Right.
0: Yeah. So those are the, those are the four.
1: And so, so, so Dan, he gets put in charge by the activists and sort of gets to work and cleaning up the balance sheet a bit and sort of trying to make the casinos run a little bit better, um, just, it just seemed like a pretty simple story. If you could delever, like, if you get the leverage ratio right, it's sort of like, it was almost like a publicly traded private equity exercise where sort of you get, you can sort of start to delever the balance sheet and the enterprise value it could remain the same and, and you, you could, as an equity holder, you know, that, that deleveraging would accrue to the equity. And that's, and that's, that was pretty easy for how it play out. And the multiple wasn't all that high. So like, there was even a thought that like, if there was real improvement and, and they did a few things that, you know, made the financials improve, you can get multiple expansion on top of it and that it could, that it could really, really work. Um, Let's, so let's see, we, that was the first time we got involved with it. That was sort of the general idea at some point along in that first time they bought a casino in Colorado um, what was? It looked like a re- pretty attractive price too, and there was a backstory with it. I forget what the backstory was. Uh, what was the bro- backstory did of Bronco they, Billy?
0: Did they uh, do the rights offering to finance the purchase of Bronco Billy, or was that for something else? Because I remember that was a the, second the, bite at this one.
1: So that was, I think, a little bit later. Uh, later on, I think right. the fina- the rights offering, the purpose of the rights offering was to finance expansion at Bronco Billy. I don't That's think it was to finance right. the purchase. So, um, so we were involved in this a number of different times. Um, uh, the first time we were involved, I think we did okay and sort of moved on for a little bit. And then, uh, you know, it, we kind of came to be of the opinion that the properties that they had, um, there was only so much you can, you can improve them. Right. Like yeah, the properties were the, okay, but, and, and management the regional was okay, but in you, general. You, you, you know, you're not a you. Yes. You can do it. You can do good. You can do good business strategy, good balance sheet management, but you're you're not a magician, right? You can't take something that just isn't really going to work all that well and turn it into something that it's not. So, uh, at a certain point, we sort of moved on, and then after they bought the Bronco, bill we were involved. I think up until the point they bought they bought Bronco Billy, um, mm-hmm. and a little bit after that, I think we
0: we became less involved with it, right? Um, yeah, it just seemed like it was it was a good acquisition done at a good price but it seemed like a little heavy lifting from there and right. we weren't quite sure what the strategy was at that point continue to do roll-ups uh, you know are you gonna lead to an eventual sale and so I think then we either trimmed the position or we exited all together I, I don't really remember but then I remember when they did the rights offering that's when I became interested again
1: yeah we took a second look with the rights offering and you know we sort of started to get to know some of the people that were in and around this thing. So we got pretty comfortable that it was being run at least. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, when they bought this Colorado property, they thought they could turn it's in a a town called cripple Creek. Um, and there's only like, I think really two areas where there's gaming in Colorado, right? One is Boulder and one is cripple Creek. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. And, And so the thought was that, um, you know, they, they could find it, they could put a hotel in there. And if you go back and read the transcripts, I think Dan is talking about how he stayed, they had 12 rooms for the, for a hotel there. So there really wasn't as much gaming that was going on there. It wasn't, it was like a day trip. It wasn't an overnight where you can really, really get the, get the gross volumes up. And they wanted to, they, they got approvals to do a hotel and like a parking garage and a few other things. Um, so, so it's, uh, you know there was a, there was a, there was an idea that it could it happen but it was a really really big big ambitious project right
0: mhm yeah well he always had he always had big ideas big ambitious projects if you read through the transcripts if you want to know more about the regional gaming industry in general he's been around the block a lot he's there are a lot of yeah. creative ways to create value at these companies and uh, i felt like he was a really good operator of this little portfolio of regional gaming casinos,
1: yeah, and they would try and they would try a lot of things. Like I think at one casino they had a they had a Christmas casino where they literally had Santa Claus greeting people as they that's came right. in. And uh, wasn't there another, another one casino, where they had like you could, a million?
0: You could, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You could take a picture in front of a million dollars of cash. Um, <laughs> just
1: just like interesting stuff. And so they they would always tinker and try a lot of things um like the indiana casino um it was it was it was a riverboat actually and it was kind of hard to get to and so like they commissioned a ferry project which didn't i don't think that's worked out do you think that's worked out
0: no i don't i don't think so. no but at least least they're
1: like trying things right like if they're not super they're not betting the company on those things but this cripple creek expansion that was a really really big expansion so that when after they bought it we were happy and then when i started talking about doing this hotel expansion I think that was when we got a little nervous about it and sort of that was when we decided to sort of move on from it at that point um which was kind of also weird with this one was um you know every once in a while uh a pretty notable money manager would get on cnbc and say it was like one of his favorite ideas and it's this is like a low volume low float thing and the thing would just gap go, it, it, it would go pretty bananas for like a like a, at least a couple hours here and there whenever that guy did that so like there were definitely like trading opportunities in this along the way. I don't think that we did really as much of that as we could have, but, um, you know, the other thing about it was, so this project that they were going to do for Creek was very, very large in relation to the company and where the company's balance sheet was. Right. And so we had sort of moved on from it at a certain point. And then, uh, was it a year or two later? I think it was like a year later. It was like 2016 so or 2017, 2016,
0: right? Yeah, 2016, they did, when they did the rights offering? I think that was August of 2016. Yeah,
1: so they did, a, they did a rights offering and Dan was putting his own money in. And so when whenever we see somebody doing a rights offering, we always stop and take a look. And a lot of times these rights offerings, we think that they are you know sort of a way for management to load up on company stock um, at an attractive price. It's usually set to some, some discount to the previous trading, some previous trading period. And so even if you don't own, own it when the rights offering is announced, a lot of times people who are involved in these things, they'll finance their participation in the rights offering by selling the stock. So you have sort of this mechanical aspect in the market going on. So like rights offerings, we, we, we like them. They're a place that we commonly look for stuff. Um, anything I'm forgetting about this rights offering?
0: No, I mean, so he was going to, so he had already done some insider ownership and insider purchases on his own. He was going to participate fully on the rights offering. He was also part of, I don't know if it was a backstop party or if he was the backstop. I don't remember that. But anyway, he was going to be a part of the backstop, if not the entire backstop or the rights offering. And so just to build on your point, you know, this is a way for If Dan wanted to go out in the open market and buy shares and increase his ownership, he couldn't do that reasonably without blowing up the stock price. And so the rights offering was a great opportunity for him to own more of this. They did it at a pretty decent discount to where it was trading. And so he got a good price on it. All the shareholders got a good price on it if they exercised or oversubscribed on their rights. Um, I don't think these are tradable rights. I don't think they're non-tradable, and so whenever there's a rights no, offering, no, they weren't tradable. Sometimes, yeah. So sometimes the rights will be tradable, and you could buy just the rights in the open market. This one wasn't, so you had to be a shareholder as of the record date to be entitled to receive those rights. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. It, you know, whatever you see an insider like that trying to get more of the uh, more stock via rights offering. I mean, we always kind of take note of that, or it's just noteworthy. Um, and so I think that was another go around that we had with this one.
1: Yeah, because and then after that happened, ha- like we when, after that happened, um, I think, you know, they, they commissioned their project and what have you, and we were involved for a little bit more, a little bit longer. I, I think we were in and out of it again. And most mm-hmm. recently we were in it last year. Um, you know, and what was that? That was the expansion of the sports gaming,
0: right? Right. Yep. So they got the sports gaming licenses, which basically solidified a certain amount of uh, revenue to them, and they had to put up, I think, no capital for that, for it. And so, right, super attractive. Uh, but they still have this kind of overhang of one, they have to refinance their debt, and two, I don't know how they're going to fund this expansion, because that's still hanging out there. It was kind of put on pause, this whole pandemic situation. Right. Well, with the the
1: pandemic, they actually had to shut down all of the casinos and basically mm -hmm. almost mothball them for, I don't know, six weeks at least, and then, you know, bring them back online gradually. So that really created some, uh, you know, there were some balance sheet risks to to it at that point. But uh, we got involved again. Around the expansion of the gaming, which I think was 2018, was it? I think it was 2018. Mm, maybe
0: late, late in 2018, maybe. Um, 18, 18 and yeah. 19. Uh, uh, that,
1: <clears throat> there was, there was the gaming expansion and that kind of happened state by state. And a lot of the states stapled the gaming, the online gaming rights or the sports betting rights to, um, physical locations, uh, for, for a variety of reasons, and so when that happened, we thought we sort of thought that there was, you know, a way to get a pretty meaningful EBITDA lift with just this stuff coming online, and so that was our kind of our impetus for getting involved the third time, um, and then COVID happened. <laughs> so um, during the course of COVID, uh, I think we were we were we came to not be as involved and were not involved at all, and. And you know, snip, snap, snip, snap, a couple different times with it, and um, I would say that they 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 managed COVID as well as I think could be expected. But then we sort of sort of noticed some internal strife. Uh, the The activists, that's the chairman, they seem to be sort of squabbling with Dan. Um, and I get it. Like, so the risk is that like they they were going to go head first back into this Bronco Billy project without having their there are ducks in a row from a balance sheet perspective and that's probably still there's still some balance sheet risk to the company so i I don't think that that's a completely unfounded concern um but we're not but we're no longer involved with it at this point um not to say that we we under the right circumstances wouldn't be involved in the future but it's one that we've sort of gotten to know along the way yeah you know you you alluded to these calls uh these quarterly calls that 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 dan did and it was almost like uh, like uh, just this stream of consciousness from this really experienced guy telling you all this, this stuff. And he really showed you sort of how the sausage was made in the regional gaming industry. And, um, mm-hmm. they were very educational and also very entertaining. I think he, like in, like in one of them, he, he, he said, he, he always, always an entertaining soundbite. Like, like in the Cripple Creek casino, he, he stayed there at the hotel and he was like literally, it was so old. He was looking at it wondering how many people died in this room. And he's, and he's saying this stuff <laughs> on the call. It was just like hilarious. Or how he was driving around shooting shooting at birds because these birds are keeping him from getting his road paved. You know, like <laughs> like just crazy kooky stuff. And, and the CFO kind of has to sort of, like right, you do know, with me, h- help him land the plane. Uh, but he's That's really, right. really, he's really interesting to listen to. Um, what else do we got with
0: this one? Um, yeah, it's the internal struggles that are kind of the concern for me. It's uh chairman of the board did some open market sales during the COVID time. Um, I don't know people can sell stock yeah. for all sorts of reasons. I don't know if he was trying to signal something to Dan. Frankly, I thought by this point they would have sold the casino. Um, but I get it. There have been some setbacks along the way, but there's always some kind of setbacks with these things. Uh, they still need to take care of their debt. They need to refinance that. Um, I think they got some covenant relief through COVID, um, but at some point that needs to yeah. be addressed. And still, it's, I don't know. I, I still think that, you know, one of the best ways out maybe to just sell the casino after they could take care of their cap structure a bit.
1: And and some of the people maybe sort of wondering why it was sort of snip snap with this all along, why we just didn't, you know, sort of buy it and hold it. Um, we don't, we're not normally trading a lot. And like when the period of time that we owned it, it was probably, it wasn't very a short period when we owned it. It was more like at least six months, usually a year, maybe a little bit more. Um, but you're dealing with sort of a cyclical industry and a, and a leveraged balance sheet. So you got to be, in our view, that's one, that's a, that's the type of position. Number one, we don't take for clients because it's small and we can't do it in scale for, for everybody. But number two, it's just not the type of thing that that our clients are looking for um but it's it's we have our own we do have our own investing ventures here and there and so this is a a journey that we were interested in following and being involved in and uh you know you know learned a lot along the way but uh sort of the snip snap snip snap with it is just a function of the cyclicality of the business combined with the leverage on the balance sheet um it's the kind of thing that it's hard to sleep particularly well at night when you have that dynamic right and COVID really highlighted like the worst case possible scenario for this thing, which we never even really considered could happen. But, it, but a lot of things happened with COVID that I don't think anybody considered, uh, you know, possible before it happened. So, you know, we're not forecasting a global pandemic that closed the casinos for six weeks and, uh, you know, the capacity constraints of bringing them online and what have you. Um, you know, it's it's not it's, it's the kind of thing that uh you know the kind of position we just feel like we needed to manage a little bit more a little bit more tightly and there were sometimes we own it where we did okay sometimes where we lost money i haven't even added it up to know what the net effect of it was but you know it's you know all of these all of our all of these are sort of our thoughts as we owned it sort of along the way recognizing the risks of the cyclicality and the balance sheet
0: yeah uh i think that's it i mean through through the COVID time and everyone's doing this with their portfolio, you have to make an assessment of how would a shutdown impact this company? Um, do they have enough cash on hand to weather the storm? And you have to have your own view on how long the storm would last. And when they are able to reopen, are people going to go to the casinos? Are they not going to go to the casinos? Are they going to spend the same amount of money? I and mean, there's just a lot of decisions that need to be made. Um, at a certain point, if you think they're going to survive, you're probably more, I don't know, Forgiving with your entry price if it's low enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to make an assessment of what the business is valued based on the environment that we're operating in. And so um, it's interesting. I don't know what the net effect has been either. I've learned a lot uh, from listening to Dan, from following this one, learning about rights offerings, um, just seeing how good leadership and good management can, can change a company. I mean, this originally started from, company that was beaten down and left to the wayside and in came activists, a good management team. And yep, they made a lot of good decisions. But at the end of the day, it's still regional gaming and it's just a, a handful of casinos. So it's it, yeah, I, I think like for you us said, I mean, limited what you could do.
1: Yeah. And for us I think it was a toss up sort of between I think our view was maybe they shouldn't be trying to do this hotel project themselves, right?
0: Right. Is there someone else out there with a better balance sheet that should be doing this? I mean, that was kind of our, our thought along the way. Yeah.
1: It was sort of something that can sort of consistently nag us. And I think if you talk to people who have been involved in it and either are no longer involved in or whatever, what their chief concern is, is sort of that whole project. But, you know, Dan's also hit home runs in, in, in his career. I mean, uh, you know, he's, mm-hmm. there's, he's done a few big projects and so, you know, it's sort of, one of those things where I think I think they're kind of capital constrained on this one, and so um but you know I mean maybe if the project's good enough, they can, they can go get a partner, or go get financing, and maybe that would change our view a bit in the future, but you know, as it sort of stands here right now, it's sort of just sort of something that we kind of loosely follow and keep tabs on and listen listen to the calls for entertainment
0: <laughs> of course um, anything else at this one? I oh.
1: Good, that's yeah. it. No, I think, I mean, I, I think that that's it. I mean, you know, our, our wish when we went into it also, I think was that maybe they would ultimately sell this to somebody, but yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, that, ha- that hasn't happened. So maybe that's part of, this, part of some of the, sh- the internal stripe. I don't know enough about it to say that that's true or not, but um, you know, that's, that's real, that's really all there, all there, all there is to this one. And, you know, like I said, all this stuff, it's, these are our, our thoughts and as, as we went along in this thing and, um, it's just a moment in time. It's not a reflection of where they are today, necessarily. Um, and
0: uh, what else? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, Thank everyone for listening to us. Uh, remember, check us out on our blog, www.accreativewealthpartners.com. We're available anywhere. Podcasts are available. Check us out at inthemarkettrenches.podbean.com. Check us out at snn.network. Check us out at the SNN YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash SNNWire. Uh, everyone. Thanks for listening to us. We really enjoy doing this. Gary, you wanna close us out? Yeah,
1: if uh, you rate and review us, it helps. And uh, if you you or someone
0: you know would like to be a guest on our podcast, we, we always love stories, so. Yep. Thanks everyone and we'll talk to you soon.